see more innovation in packaging and processing at Pack Expo International than anywhere else in the world. It's the show that defines where the industry is headed, with the solutions that define where your business can go. Discover cutting-edge packaging technology, processing equipment, new materials, sustainable solutions, supply chain resources, and much, much more. You'll walk away with innovative solutions to challenges big and small. Register at PackExpoInternational.com. You're listening to Unpacked with PMMI, where we share the latest packaging and processing industry insights, research, and innovations to help you advance your business. Hi, and welcome to another edition of Unpacked with PMMI. I'm your host, Sean Riley. Our guest today comes from sunny Southern California. Karen Sukney is the Director of Editorial Content at Healthcare Packaging Magazine. In what we hope to be the first of many discussions with Karen, she brings us a fresh, targeted perspective on healthcare, medical devices, and the life sciences industries. Right now, that obviously includes a long look at COVID-19 with PPE testing and the potential for a vaccine top of mind. But Karen also addresses counterfeiting, sustainability, track and trace, and much, much more. And with all that out of the way, welcome to the podcast, Karen. Thanks. Thanks for having me, Sean. Oh, it's our pleasure. We've been trying to to find somewhere where we could get you in for a while now, and I'm glad that we finally um, were able to hook up. So with everything that's, that's going on, we all think of situations like a pandemic, and we like to hope that that brings out, you know, the best in people. That's kind of the the Kumbaya, everybody rallies around each other. But obviously, there's always exceptions to that. Um, you and I probably hear, you know, hey, there's new COVID tests. And we think that's great. That's going to, you know, help more people get tested. And then if they have the virus, they're going to be able to get treatment, stuff like that. But there's obviously a certain sector that hears that and thinks, great, I can figure out another way to make a fake version of that to make a quick buck. So I have to think you knowing all that's going on kind of in the healthcare sector, that's something that we're facing right now. And if so, what can we do to combat that, um, whether it's tracing, stuff like that? So could you talk about that a little bit? Sure. Yeah. So a lot of pharmaceutical and medical products are obviously already at great risk of counterfeiting. Um, You know, counterfeiters will certainly play on people's fears and insecurities. And so with a pandemic of this scale, there is a lot of attention focused on how people can come in and make some money off of fake treatments, fake diagnostic tests. There's a lot of counterfeiting going on already. I think we saw as early as March um, that some counterfeit tests were seized uh, at LAX. So the bad actors don't have to worry about the same things that pharmaceutical companies do. They don't have to worry about validation and package design and things like that. So they can move very quickly. And so that's where traceability solutions are going to play a huge role. Because basically, uh, healthcare providers, as well as consumers, I think are going to, you know, really increase their focus on being able to authenticate tests, either at the point of care in the clinic or in the home, and basically be able to ensure 
the treatment or the test they have is the real deal. And of course, with that comes a lot of consumer education. I mean, we know that in the wine industry, for instance, scanning your wine bottle and, you know, finding out information about it is becoming pretty common. But I still think we have a ways to go in terms of consumer education of traceability systems in the medical and life science atmosphere. <laughs> Which to me always has seemed weird. And I know you, you'll you know more about this than anyone will have on here. Um, I, it seems like that should be at the front of the line for traceability. What What, what is the, the holdup on that? Yeah, you would think so. I think it's just sort of in the consumer packaged goods industry, you're able to move faster. There's not necessarily the same regulatory atmosphere in um, CPGs. So, you know, in the pharma and med device world, things have to be super secure and it takes a long time to implement technologies and changes. Um, And so I think even though other industries have kind of hopped on the traceability wagon more quickly in life sciences, it's just, it's difficult and scary to, make changes and add technologies. Right. So right now with this going on, is there any allowances being made from from the life sciences healthcare sector to speed this up, (laughs) kind of, to to ensure that? Um, So I know that a lot of the suppliers are really ramping up their offerings and trying to say, hey, you know, we have, you know, like an RFID and traceability solution packaged together that, you know, you can make sure that your gowns or masks are, uh, are authentic. Um, So yeah, suppliers are really, you know, throwing their hats into the ring because they've already been doing this. In terms of regulatory requirements, even though a lot of the COVID-19 drugs were maybe sort of cleared for emergency use authorization or EUA, um, making them sort of exempt from a lot of the the supply chain security requirements. Um, Within that EUA designation, there were requirements for like, well, you have to record certain information in terms of like the transactions and where items are going. And so even though it is an emergency drug or something, there's still maybe regulatory requirements for traceability. And I think those will come out as we get closer to like commercialized vaccines. Okay, then that makes that makes some sense. How about Could there be a benefit to it internally? Because I know some of the problems, obviously, you touched on it, but some of the problems with um, healthcare type things is kind of running it up the food chain internally. Is this a time where they can, you know, go to their C-suite and say, you know, these are the type of things we need and we need to get them fast because of the current situation? Could it kind of help in a small way, I guess? Yeah, that's a great question. And I definitely think so. It's kind of like that meme that was going around that was like, what led your digital transformation at your company? And it was like, you know, a couple things. And then it was Coronavirus. And so right, exactly. So many changes. And things that you know, we once thought were hurdles are suddenly out the door because there's need. And so yeah, I definitely think it could possibly accelerate some of those decisions. And then, you know, I think that more than ever, traceability and knowing where your inventory is um, at any given time is becoming even more critical, just because of the way that we're seeing, you know, spikes in certain areas. And so you really have to know, okay, this is what we have, this is where we can get it to, this is where it is now. And so yeah, there's just a huge focus on traceability. And then the other piece of that is when we get to the point where we do have a vaccine, it's going to become really important, you know, they're looking right now at the best way to allocate that vaccine. So 
let's say we can't give it to everybody. Who do we target first? Do we give it to the healthcare workers because they're on the front lines? Do we give it to children because we know they interact with so many people? And so strategically doling out a vaccine to make it the most effective is going to require a lot of traceability. You have to know what populations you're getting it to and be sure that you got it to those people. Interesting. This kind of runs off of that, I guess, then while you were talking, I was thinking, you know, obviously, this popped up supply chain wise, um, as the virus was starting in different parts of the world that you you couldn't get things from there anymore. So are there efforts to kind of bring the products back home or reshore them to, to have them more localized versus the kind of international global supply chain? Um, yeah, I would definitely say yes. And I think that even yeah, in the past few years, there's definitely been a push to bring bring a lot of life science manufacturing back home and reshore it. And, you know, it just kind of makes sense in terms of transportation costs, you know, wanting to reduce carbon footprint, you know, making things more locally, basically, you know, it's a really attractive proposition. And yeah, it's important to have, you know, your healthcare products manufactured close to you. The only thing is that we just have to make sure we're doing it in a way that's not polluting communities that are already uh, vulnerable to pollution. So um, I was talking to this supply chain expert at MIT. And he was saying that, you know, yes, cost was a huge factor in offshoring a lot of manufacturing activities, especially with pharmaceutical ingredients. But there was also an environmental factor that played into that. And so we have to really kind of focus on green manufacturing in order for it to come back here. Right. And that's the kind of, I guess, my next question is with all of this, you know, PPE use and single use and stuff like that, it's kind of, you know, push sustainability completely out the door. And it's just an onslaught of, of what I have to say is eventually becomes trash. So how, how do we navigate through that part of it? Yeah. So um, there's, I believe it's Troy University, and I'm blanking on what state it is, but I believe it's Alabama. Um, they're working on um, a center for, or in their center for um, studying sustainability and recycling. They're working on ways to um, to recycle PPE because that is, you know, such a huge, um, it's a huge burden for for a waste management to deal with. And we know um, we're already seeing that a lot of this stuff is, is not ending up in landfills. It's going into the ocean. And so we really do have to kind of get that infrastructure in place to make sure that all this single use PPE and other single use products from the medical industry are getting to where they're supposed to be. And then once they're in those places, you know, is there a way to, to repurpose that plastic? Yeah. I mean, you're seeing gloves and masks just in neighborhoods because everybody's was wearing you know gloves and masks so i can't imagine what it would be like you know at a hospital or places like that um what how's this you know this is obviously for packaging organization how is it you know what can packaging suppliers do how is this affecting packaging suppliers what what things can you put out there that they could do to uh, kind of help and navigate through all this? Um, make more vials. <laughs> <laughs> make more vials. Okay. No, I'm just kidding. Um, yes, obviously vials are critical. Um, I think we're just seeing this renewed focus in how important it is to have local manufacturing of, you know, small parts, the things that the 
that the lay person doesn't really think about. We're going to need, you know, a huge amount of syringes, stoppers, caps, things like that. And, um, you know, one expert was talking about how we've seen in the auto industry that not having the supply of like this really small, um, low cost part ended up creating huge bottlenecks. So it's, it's good that people are looking at this now. Um, so that, you know, we don't become enfeebled by a lack of small parts. Something also interesting that I saw was a company that's coating plastics in a certain coating in order to offer the durability of glass. So um, things like that are going to really become huge as we deal with what's likely going to be a, a glass shortage um, in the U.S. And then also, uh, you know, all these vaccines are going to require uh, temperature control. We know that vaccines are extremely sensitive um, to freezing or to heat. Um, and so we're going to need some pretty tight temperature controls around that. And so I think that reusable temperature control options are going to be pretty popular once we have a vaccine and once we have a more um, commercialized and sort of known treatment for for COVID-19 and, and its effects. Can they take um, any lead from other industries like for things like temperature control and stuff like that? Is there things in the food industry or things in, in beverage and stuff like that that they can use sort of what they've done to, because you, like you mentioned the auto industry, and I know you weren't using it as a direct comparison, but saying like how one little part can break it down. Is there ways that these other industries can kind of offer a blueprint on how to do that? Or is that something that's already happened with, you know, healthcare packaging and regular CPG packaging? Um, that's a really good question. I think that for the most part, the infrastructure is there um, because healthcare logistics, but I just think that we're going to need it at a larger scale than we've seen it. Um, and so I've definitely seen more lately this sort of, and I hate using this word, but synergy <laughs> between like what, you know, CPGs are doing and what pharma, what pharma is doing. And so, you know, like um, a shipper that was originally designed for pharmaceuticals is now being used to ship these berries um, and basically like extend the berries lives. And so, um, yeah, I think quite possible that maybe there is some, some additional capacity or infrastructure from the sort of CPG side that maybe the life science industry could sort of make use of. But um, yeah, that is kind of still to be determined, um, just because we don't, we, we're not, you know, to a point where we have commercialized uh, vaccines yet. Right. All right. So we, we hit that for 15 minutes. I think we've We've done enough COVID for right now. Is there anything outside of that that you can, you know, touch on and give us some insights so you're not just talking COVID-19 all the time about, you know, what's happening in the healthcare packaging? Are there other things going on that I, I have to imagine that everything didn't just stop and become COVID 24-7? Absolutely. And yeah, so even though, yes, the news is, is very focused on COVID-19, I know that the pharma and med device industries, they're continuing to press on with sustainability goals. So a lot of companies have, you know, these 2025 milestones that they'd like to meet. And so even though COVID is happening, uh, I am still seeing a push for changing up packaging in the, the pharma and life sciences to 
possibly make it more sustainable or, you know, a push toward more uh, mono materials that are easier to recycle. And so those activities are still going on, even though the news is so very much about COVID. Well, yeah, people are still going to work and doing their regular jobs as well. And that in your sector, that's their quote unquote regular job where they're still trying to figure that out at the same time. So that makes sense. Absolutely. And yeah, I mean, you know, we have a lot of patients who are in need of of drugs and life-saving med devices. And so all of that doesn't stop. And I know that COVID has kind of put a strain on things. We know that social distancing in the plant can possibly, you know, affect productivity. Um, And especially if workers have to stay home sometimes, that can be, you know, a challenge. But I do still see companies that are, you know, continuing to press on with personalized medicine and cell therapies. And the pharma industry uh, kind of knows how to deal with the crisis. Yeah, let's hope somebody does. And and they would seem like the one person that would know what to do. Um, Well, that's great. I mean, this is, this is our our first time getting together. And I really appreciate what you've given us so far. And if you would, we would love to have you on another time as we come out of this pandemic, hopefully to talk about some other things, you know, that are that are touching in the healthcare packaging sector. Absolutely. And if there is one thing I can say, (laughs) before I make my exit, I just want people, especially in the life sciences manufacturing um, industry, to really be aware of your cybersecurity effort, much the way that, you know, we have concerns over counterfeit tests. There's also been like a 31,000% increase in coronavirus-themed phishing attacks. And so it's really important for brand owners to be aware of you know, those threats and to make sure you have a really solid cybersecurity plan in place. <laughs> That's actually interesting because we get it all the time at PMMI where they're saying that the phishing things are increasing and stuff like that. And I guess it, it is a good thing to remind every industry that that's something that is, again, there's bad actors that are going to take advantage of a situation like that. All right. Well, thank you again for taking time out of your day, Karen, to come on here with us. Awesome. Thanks for having me, Sean. Appreciate it. Please rate, review, and subscribe. To do that, go to the iTunes podcast or Spotify app on your phone and search for Unpacked with PMMI.